know, our motto has been for a long time, the, the exercise you need to live the life you want. And part of knowing what exercise you need is basically, if you want to get down to it, we're modulating your intensity. How intense is enough to get the responses that we need? Exercise is not about building and seeing how much you can endure. You know, and the more you can endure doesn't necessarily mean you're getting healthier and healthier the more you can endure. And it ends up getting into a law of diminishing returns. I mean, you don't get out 10 times more results or fitness or health by doing 10 times more work. Inform Nation, welcome to episode 37 of the Inform Fitness Podcast, 20 Minutes with New York Times bestselling author Adam Zickerman and friends. Now, we say 20 minutes, but you know, as, the, as this show continues to evolve, uh, so do the topics, and 20 minutes sometimes doesn't seem like enough. So, <laughs> so we may have to change the name here pretty soon. But uh, I, remember, I remember when we were, were thinking about the concept and going back and forth about how we're going to do it, and I was like, if we can't explain something in 20 minutes, then, it's not, then we don't know our subject well enough. You know? And like, well... I so much for that. Our subjects well enough. <laughs> so much for that. <laughs> there's a lot to talk yeah, about. I mean, we, we we try our best. Well, just the Let's opposite. See. I think well, because the workout, there's the workout on its own is a 20 minute workout. In fact, it's quite a bit less than that. You know, when you add up the actual time that you're under load on all the machines when you're in the workout. But yeah, sometimes these uh, these topics that need to be discussed or questions with clients they this they run on a little bit. And usually, uh, I mean, this stuff's complicated. Oftentimes, the answer is there is no answer. We have to sort of look over time and see you know try to locate patterns and and hypothesize and and go from there and that ties into the podcast too because you know when we initially tried to keep the podcast the approximate length of 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 a traditional workout at informed fitness but these topics uh there's actually i think just the opposite what you said adam earlier was they're so complex that 20 minutes doesn't even seem like enough, <laughs> and that's proven no, what, itself. Well, what I want to start doing going forward, actually, with some of these podcasts, uh, these episodes, uh, what I've been noticing while we've been doing it and, and looking back on all this is that we have uh, we've taken on broad subjects, mm-hmm. and we've talked, we've had some very broad, but within within these subjects, there are, there are topics among themselves. So, like that's what I'm going to we're going to start doing. We're going to start narrowing down a little bit some of these issues that we've been talking about. For example, last week when we were talking about it, two weeks ago when we were talking about to Doug Brignoli, we did those two episodes with Doug. You know, rhabdo came up, or or rhabdomyolysis came up, and uh, that that's a condition where your muscles literally bust apart and their innards kind of spread out and it causes all kinds of problems, which we're going to go into. Mm-hmm. You know, th- that in and of itself is a subject, which is uh, what we're going to talk about a little bit today. And rhabdo is, is, is a good example of, of a subject that comes up in, in, in broader talks. Now, so for example, we were talking about intensity when rhabdo came up and how intense is intense and how intense should something be, how often. And, and that's what I kind of want to get a little bit deeper into, uh, this idea of intensity, this idea of going to extremes. Uh, and, and, and rhabdo is just a symptom of that. Uh, oh, by the way, rhabdo is short for rhabdomyolysis, uh, lysis meaning to explode. And um, what happens with uh, rhabdo, which is short for rhabdomyolysis, is through, usually it's a condition that happens through trauma. 
uh, like a they call it a crush trauma where you're in a car accident or you fall two stories out of a window or something like that. Uh, that's probably the most common cause of, of, of rhabdo. Uh, and of course, during this type of trauma, your, your, your muscle cells break open and the uh, myoglobin in particular comes out, all the fluids come out and your kidneys have to deal with that and flush it out. And that can be an overload and you get into all kinds of kidney problems and you might have to go on dialysis if it's bad enough. It's something that's really never been talked about unless you're basically an ER physician. Hmm. Uh, it, it rarely was something that talk, was talked about uh, in, in exercise, uh, but it's been coming up a lot. And it's been around in exercise. I mean, endurance, ultra-endurance athletes who are experiencing rhabdo, you know, marathon runners, uh, the Tour de France, and, you know, they've probably been, you know, each year in, in the endurance athletic world, 25, 50 cases a year would occur. And now we're reading about it in the New York Times, which is, uh, it's been, so not only did we talk about it last week uh, with Brignoli, but, and when, and it comes up when you talk about intensity, but now it's coming up in, in pop culture, like the New York Times article talking about it's in its fitness section, in its science section, it's talking about rhabdo. I'm like, wow. And why is that? Why is it all of a sudden being picked up? And it's because it's become prevalent in the exercise world, more so than even in the uh, medical world where there's trauma. And cited uh, more specifically in in spin classes, high-intensity spin classes um, with newcomers. So it brings up this whole idea of of extremes, of how much, how intense is enough. And a lot of my clients brought me the article, mentioned the article, and said, hey, Adam, you do a really intense workout. Is this too intense for me? You know, when we, I first started my workout about now close to almost year and a half, two years or so, uh, I have uh, some people in the medical community in my family, and they were initially warning me yeah. about this. They said, you know, if it, too intense, you know, could really... Uh, your muscles can explode and you could have kidney issues and they didn't use the, the medical term rhabdo, but, um, they warned me about that. But after a year and a half, I mean, i I know we don't get too intense at informed fitness for that to happen because you trainers catch us right when we hit get, that failure. You know, our motto has been, uh, for a long time, the, the exercise you need to live the life you want. And part of knowing what exercise you need is Basically, if you want to get down to it, we're modulating your intensity. How intense is enough to get the responses that we need? Exercise is not about building and seeing how much you can endure. You know, and the more you can endure doesn't necessarily mean you're getting healthier and healthier the more you can endure. And it ends up getting into a law of diminishing returns. I mean, you don't get out. 10 times more results or fitness or health by doing 10 times more work. You know, if it wasn't exercise and you and the people that work out hours a day, if they weren't doing it on a bicycle and they were spending that kind of in working that hard on a daily basis, uh, if it wasn't on a bicycle, it would be called manual labor. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody's ever said that manual labor is good for you. <laughs> well, uh, I, I think it's, a, it's an interesting question. Like when you just mentioned how much can you endure? There's a lot of people who, when they exercise, and frankly, I was attracted to workouts that were that would push me beyond the edge, you know. And I, I loved workouts. I loved taking bike rides where the hills were higher, and I and being with a trainer who would 
who would just push me so far beyond my limits that I'd have to, I'd fall down on the ground and I couldn't, uh, I couldn't do anything after that. And I'd love to like brag to people about it, you know, like, oh my God, you got to do this. This is unbelievable. It's, and, and there's, there's a certain type of people, a uh, person that is attracted to workouts like that, which is, uh, um, which is something we have to be very, very careful for. We have a lot of type A uh, clients that come here and getting them to understand going to intensity in a safe way, but also understanding a certain level of restraint is as equally important in, in, in uh, how you set up your, your dose of exercise, your way, same way you set up your dose of food and your dosage of sleep. There's a certain amount that is different for everybody. And as Adam said, is our job is to modulate this and to customize it based on the person who is in front of us. Our workout is generally the same idea, like the power of 10 workout is slow weight training on machines mostly, but not necessarily. And we, we start slow and, and way below what we think they can actually tolerate and then graduate to an intensity that we think that they can, they can manage safely and, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, you're, you're doing the, you know, you're one-on-one too with your clients, unlike some of the other workout facilities, such as we'll just say CrossFit, because if you were to just Google Rabdo, it's tied in with CrossFit. And a lot of the interviews that I've seen on YouTube of those who have experienced Rabdo, they're in a CrossFit class where they're not necessarily one-on-one, but they feel that peer pressure with all of those in the class to take themselves beyond that limit. And that's a a very uh, significant distinction between what you do at Inform Fitness and in the CrossFit community. These coaches in these boot camp type facilities, these coaches just just pushing people too hard too often and too long. It's a combination of not only the intensity itself, but how long are you being exposed to that intensity in a given workout? Is it a 20-minute workout, 15-minute workout? Is it an hour workout? These spin classes can sometimes be on and off in, in varying intensities for, for 45 minutes to an hour. You know, For a, somebody that hasn't built up to that, uh, that can be too much too soon. Uh, but maybe 20 minutes is fine. Uh, so not only are you varying and building up to intensity, but how long it lasts and how often you're doing it. Are you doing it every day? Again, we have this mentality is more is better. So the CrossFit stuff and, and, and these boot camps is that they're, they're kind of telling you to come every day and you're doing it for an hour every single day. And, and a lot of these people, like Mike was talking about, there's this, this group culture, right, that this, this camaraderie that goes on. And, and they see some of the veterans doing it. Uh, some of the people that are that that have gravitated to it that are made for that kind of activity, and then everyone else, and the masses are looking at the few people that really excel at it, and they try to do it as weekend warriors, as as, as baby boomers, as as normally sedentary people, and they're pushing themselves to the max right off the bat, and that's a badge of honor. And I don't know if they still do, but but CrossFitters have kind of used getting to rabdo as as a badge of honor uh it's crazy um it, it, i think like looking at the instructors or the guys who or and girls who really excel at it and using them as a model for what you can do also is it sometimes leads you down a bad road and i think a lot of people you know they do that in every sport too or every exercise a lot of people they go to a bikram yoga class for example they say oh my god the, those those teachers are, are unbelievable look at those hot like bodies in the in bikram yoga but you know that usually they those are the type of people who've been doing it for a long time and they've been uh 
they they're they're probably former dancers and they've had a body that was like that before they even did the Bikram yoga right. and therefore is easy for them to show that uh, excellence in the practice as well, you know, for what they're trying to do. It's a common thing. You know, you see somebody that excels at a particular thing at the tight of their game and you think if you do what they do, you'll be there too. And and it's just not the case. It's it's the causation is the opposite. We, I think we've talked about this in prior episodes. I mean, uh, we look at we look at a, a dancer and how great they are Pilates and we think that uh, Pilates made them look that way or dance made them look that way. But they actually, it's the opposite. They dance because they look that way. Genetics. Uh, they just have that genetics for it. Um, we had a very interesting conversation with, with, with Doug last week about intensity and you have to find your intensity. All right. So just to, I just want to kind of uh, recap and wh where do you go from what, what do you do with this information that we're talking about, this idea of modulating intensity? And I know we talked about it in the last episode with Doug and I agreed with him 100 percent on this. And by the way, I'm going to be making commentaries on the last ep episodes with Doug because a lot of people said to me, oh, that was really interesting. But it sounds like he said some things counter to what you've been saying. And uh, I don't want these episodes to be so sterile and, and to be just all my opinion, you know, uh, like Fox News and you bring everybody right. on that's going to agree, agree with, with, you, with, sure. with your viewpoint or, or CNN for that matter. You know, <laughs> I want I want to bring in all viewpoints. And but I, I do want to comment uh, about some of the things that were talked about on that and uh, clarify a couple of things and bring up some points. One of the points that we talked about that I do agree with was this idea of the proper way to work out and, and what intensity is best for you is something that you find. All right. It, it finds you. It's not like you have to find the perfect intensity. The, the, the right intensity will actually find you if you are strategic about approaching it. And, and this this is the takeaway. All right. First of all, whether you work out with us, this is, this is what we do. We take on a new client. And this is what you should do for yourself. First thing you do is learn the technique. Learn what the technique is going to be to reach this level of intensity. We talk, we recommend slow reps, Nice and controlled. Don't lock out your joints. All the biomechanical stuff that we, we like to incorporate. All right. And do it slowly and work it out and, and learn how to do it. And, and if you're not experienced with really high intense exercise and taking the muscle to its limits, don't. Just flirt with it for a while and then take it to the next level and see if you can. And you're timing yourself. So what you can do is you can very easily say, oh, I lasted 20 seconds last time or a minute and 20 seconds last time. I'm going to use the same weight, but now I'm going to last a minute 25 seconds. Just add five more seconds. You can be very conservative with this. All right. And just get good at the technique and, and, and keep pushing yourself until eventually you really can really wipe out that muscle pretty much. You can't lift it anymore. Uh, still breathing properly not putting yourself in harm's way, still going slowly. And after five or six exercises like that, you're, if you're pretty sp feeling pretty spent, you did your job for the most part. And then you take it from there. And you keep varying intensity and, you, and you're monitoring intensity by, by timing how long it takes you to get to a certain level of, of uh, fatigue. But a key and component that, here too, Adam, is rest though, unlike right. some of well, the other. Well, this is the other. So, so that's the point with the technique. And then the other part about approaching this whole thing and making sure you don't even get close to, the, to, to, to reaching something as severe and as serious as rhabdo, uh, is, uh, it's going to be very hard for you if you modulate your intensity, you learn how to work out intensely, and you only do it for 20 minutes at a time. All right? And you only do it once or twice or three times a week even. All right? It's going to be very hard. To, to, to get to that level because that's not what causes rhabdo usually, all right? The, the cases of rhabdo, first of all, I've been doing this 20 years. 
I've been doing this 20 years, and even at the beginning when I was overzealous and I pushed people probably a little bit too hard at the beginning and didn't understand this as well as I do now, I still didn't have anybody that reached Rabdo, all right? And it's been 20 years now, all right? And I don't think we've even come close to having somebody uh, reach mm-hmm. Rabdo. A couple of vomiting sessions here and there, but that's about <laughs> as far as it's gone, you know? So, so, you know, that that's the trick. That And the reason we haven't is because not only is it, learning how to work up to a certain level of intensity, but it's modulating that intensity in terms of frequency and duration. Those are the three things you have to, to monitor and balance. And if it's not too long and you're not doing it too often and you build up to a level of intensity, for you to reach rhabdo or anything close to it, you'd have to have, be that freak that has a genetic propensity for it, and which is also another thing about this is not everybody that joins CrossFit or, or spin classes and starts hitting it hard right from the beginning is going to, most people are still not going to reach rhabdo, even if they don't do what I suggest, all right? There is a certain level of some people just, they have a propensity to reach rhabdo. I mean, you have to, you know, they're just genetically speaking, they're probably a little bit uh, on, on the other side of the genetic coin, you yeah, know, when it comes th- to that. I think this is a very, I mean, it's newsworthy and it needs to be mentioned by the Times and the fitness community does need to know about it. But I th- even in CrossFit circles and spin classes, it's a very outlying condition yeah. that I don't think most people will ever, ever, ever have to be concerned about. But the, the Adam's big point, and whether it's you're doing slow weight training or any exercise for that matter, I think the most important thing is to at first learn the technique, get an expert who you could who could teach you the technique. A, a big part of technique, and this is going off in another direction, but I'm just going to mention it, is just knowing how to breathe. And a lot of a lot of uh, problems that sometimes people have in exercise is just because they're not breathing correctly, or they can't perform because they're not breathing the way that activity demands. And our our technique in itself also, if uh, you could be doing things slowly, but if you're not breathing correctly, you can run into problems in that as well. You know, and uh, another thing that has to be carefully considered when you're doing um, intense exercise. Now, for those that are doing this on their own, uh, this type of workout or any type of workout, can you give me some of the uh, symptoms of rhabdo for those that might be going too far? First of all, uh, there's a very quick blood test that uh, you can test for. Plus, uh, your urine turns all dark brown, red, reddish brown. Uh, that's from all the myoglobin that, that's being filtered out. Very fatigued, hard to move the limbs, muscle soreness, nausea, dizziness. You know, that that's not getting better. You know, it's different from feeling a little uh, lightheaded after a hard workout. Mm. It's accompanied by a lot of stiffness. Uh, and, and pain in, in the affected areas, uh, swelling uh, and uh, real fatigue, like hard to move the joints. It's, you know, it, it's pretty obvious when somebody is in that state. And if you were to be brought to an emergency room, first thing they do is, uh, you know, hydrate you. Uh, one thing that happens uh, besides your kidneys being overloaded with trying to clean out all the myoglobin, uh, is that uh, because your cells uh, explode and the uh, the water pressure within the cell drops, all the fluids from outside the cell rush in. It's like getting a hole in your boat. Right. And what happens? Mm-hmm. The lake starts coming in. And when that happens, you become severely your 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 uh, your blood volume drops, and therefore you can go into shock. 
Yikes. So this is a very, yeah. it can be a very serious situation. This is um, beyond the working out, happening, though. The fact it's happening more often in the exercise industry is, 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 is concern, uh, is reason for concern. So that's why we're talking about it because, again, it's happening more often in the exercise uh, world, and, and that's ridiculous. You know, it shouldn't be. Uh, so that's, so anyway. So um, is this more prevalent in the exercise community than, say, a sports injury? It's not so much a sports injury as much as like just overexertion. Your muscles just basically they give out. It's like, I think it's just more associated with training. It's, than it's associated with a lot of training. I mean, again, uh, yes, endurance, athletics, and sports. They've always had a percentage of that happening. You know, uh, training camp, football training camp. You know, basketball camps. Where they're just pushing you, pushing you, pushing you. Mm. You know, Bobby Knight style. You know, and yeah. uh, that's where it's been known to happen. But that's extreme, high elite level athletics, and and they take it too far. And um, Again, there can be a genetic propensity. You know, I think Len Bias, for example, right, from the Celtics and he, how he just dropped in the court. There's probably some kind of congenital thing that happens as well. Mm. Um, but the fact that it's happening to everyday people now more often, that's concerned because th- we're, about, we're about preaching exercise for health, not, not exercise to become a world-class athlete, you know. And we don't want people to confuse a lot of these activities with, with having it have better results or burning a lot of fat. And this extreme mentality that, that we honor people that can do that we look at navy seals and we we admire them you know but doesn't mean that training like a navy seal is is, is good for your health it's a big difference and because and, and because we admire uh, a navy seal for example we want to emulate that including the way they train and it makes us tough makes us strong it, it feeds our egos but it's very unhealthy behavior ultimately and, and you got to remember why we exercise. We exercise to maintain our strength as we get older and not screw up our joints in the process and not really undermine our health in the process. And getting rhabdo is undermining <laughs> your health for sure. And we're not talking about, again, you know, if you're lucky, you overcome it. If it's not a severe case, you overcome it. You go to the hospital, they give you, they, they hydrate you because, like I said, your, 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 your fluids drop dramatically and your kidneys are overloaded. So they flush you out, basically, and they give you a lot of uh, fluids. And if that's not enough, they'll put you on dialysis. And if it's really severe, uh, you might have long-lasting muscle damage. And long-lasting kidney damage, and uh, and the worst of it, you know. So it's not worth it, you know. And it, we, you don't ever have to work out that hard with, and get that close to, to to reaching a condition like that to get healthy, to get fit, you know. And I think a lot of people that gravitate to these types of activities are, are I, I think. And this is definitely open for discussion, and we can bring some people on in the future about this. I think they're replacing it with something else, some other void in their life. And it's really not about health. I think intuitively a lot of people realize it can't be good for me doing it this much. And I think they're feeling a void. And, 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 you know, for example, a lot of anorexics or former anorexics or people that have eating disorders that trying to overcome it, they end up going into programs where they're over-exercising now. You know, uh, you have a lot of people that that uh, bariatric patients, people that have lost dramatic dramatic amount of weight that used to have that used to eat tremendous amounts of food that that now they can't. They just can't because the, the surgery they had doesn't even allow them to eat like that anymore. So now they have to find some other outlet for whatever caused them to be overeating like that in the first place. And they end up now joining uh, CrossFit and they and they end up putting themselves in another kind of addictive state or, or, or place. And I'm very sensitive to that because I've seen it over the years happen over and over again. People that, uh, you know, recovering drug addicts or recovering alcoholics, they end up 
overcompensating with, with something else. So what would seem like a healthy option, a healthy a new choice can be taken to the extreme to their disadvantage, clearly. I think it's associated with certain psychologies and certain yeah. personalities. It's and, and it's something that even, I think sometimes people feel that this fulfills that for them as well. Sometimes they're not looking at it, uh, maybe the, when they first come in here, or there's an element of its of the intensity that is involved that people may actually use for that. Um, Absolutely, and we have to we have to pull the pull the reins back on our clients who ask to come do this three times a week, or they say to us, "I'm doing, I have yeah. to do something else." So they end up joining other programs. We hear that all the time. I've had to, I had a, a client just this week. She's she literally wants to come four times. I'm like, "Do you have any <laughs> idea what you're talking about?" Yeah, and the thing is, it's it is actually it is associated with, um, I think, a compensation and something else in her life. But um, regardless, you know this. We you know we why went, guys buy Porsches. We, yeah, we went. So we went into. <laughs> we went into uh, talking about Rabdo today, and I think the parent topic I think is about going to extremes, modulating where extreme is appropriate and where it's not appropriate. And I think well, I, I actually think, kind uh, of extreme is rarely appropriate. You know, I mean, there's no reason to go through extreme ranges of motion. There's no reason to uh, <clears throat> restrict your calories in an extreme way. True. There, there's no reason to work out at extreme levels of intensity. I don't know. I mean, give me an example where no, extreme, it, unless it's life-saving, uh, you need to do anything extreme. I think that's true. What I'm talking about is perception of things because I, I'm I know that people think that what wow. we do is extreme, yes. and I know that for example, like we we talked about this yesterday morning, and you're like uh, there are people who will think keto. Adam has had tremendous success in doing a ketogenic diet conjoined with some intermittent fasting, and to a lot of people, that's extreme. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. and so yeah. I, that's what exactly. I, that's my point is that this is so. Who am I to talk about? Be careful of being extreme when you just did a ketogenic diet, Adam. Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, and we've talked a lot about intensity on this podcast over the last year and a half or so and people's perception might be that we do take it to the extreme and so this mm -hmm. episode can dispel that that myth yeah, well people's perception is often people's perception oftentimes is the reality and even saying like for example forget even danger just the statement oh i did this workout it's once a week for 30 minutes 20 minutes or whatever like that is an extreme statement that <laughs> most people based on what their beliefs are about exercise are that's extremely ridiculous on the other side of that though, when you explain <laughs> to them those that are saying that that's ridiculous and there's no way you could see results but when you tell them well the reason right. I'm seeing results is because I'm being pushed to muscle failure and then hold for 10 yeah. seconds and that's where they go oh well that doesn't seem safe yeah. uh, and you know like you said Adam you've been doing this for 20 plus years and have never seen a, yeah. a rhabdo case once Within yeah, well, all of the, the great, so the close, great really. many of us, we've had you know tons of wonderful publicity over the years. I mean, but the, I got to say, and and uh, and we've done marketing and websites and so many different things, and we have our podcast here, and we have lots of fun guests. But I got to tell you, what really brings people in here are the refer our existing clients mm -hmm. and their results. Yeah. They they refer somebody, and I mean they come in like, listen, I thought it sounded ridiculous, but 
you know, so-and-so is stronger and they lost all his weight. They only work out once a week. And I thought this is crazy. And so now I'm here. And that, and that's literally what, you know, everybody's BS detector goes off. Uh, <laughs> usually when they hear it, like, oh, this is a 20 minute workout. But, you know, it's, uh, and that's what I'm. If there was a children's book that, that, that represent who we are uh, as a philosophy, it would be, uh, you know, Goldilocks and the three pigs. Three bears, <laughs> not not the All three right. pigs. No, three, yeah, not the no, not 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 the wolf <laughs> and the three pigs. Not that one. No, <laughs> not Hansel and Gretel. It would no. be caps for sale. It would have to be <laughs> Goldie Goldilocks and the three bears. You right? haven't read Curious George goes to oh. CrossFit and gets wrapped up. <laughs> That's a good one, actually. Boy, did he learn his lesson in that one. Yeah, yes. he was so curious. <laughs> so that's not the children's story that we would that would represent who we are. <laughs> but but the one that would the one that would would be Goldilocks, right? So explain uh, Goldilocks. <laughs> you lost. Well, come on. You lost me at Goldilocks, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so she's eating well, the porridge. Where do we too sit? Too hot, too cold, just right. Right, I mean, right. You know, we're 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 trying to find what's just right, hard enough, but not too hard. You know that that whole deal, and and uh, that's not always very sexy to everybody, but. It, it, it's a golden rule that we learn at a very young age, and, and uh, we have to constantly remind ourselves of that golden rule, I think. Yeah. You know, you know what I was thinking before, going back to the parent topic of extremes and everything? I wanted to uh, consider something that, uh, because I, I mean, from our experience, we've never, Adam and I have done this a long time, and we've never experienced a rhabdo case or anything that even is close to a rhabdo case, frankly. But the idea of going to extremes is something that is relevant to I think everybody, and whether you're working out with a trainer uh, or on your own um, or in a team setting or whatever, or in a group setting, um, figuring this out is a lot easier said than done. And, you know, when you're exercising in a worthwhile fashion, uh, you want to think about where, what you imagine, what your limit actually is. And finding that is sometimes difficult. And then what you want to do is just go outside of that outside of that range just a little bit and then come back into that range. You want to be slightly outside your comfort zone and back in. And that's the trick and how to restrain yeah, that. There's no limit. rush, but, but at the same it, it time, you, you do have to learn to push yourself and keep going. Yes, that, that's, that's, and that's, that's a trick. And, and the thing is, mm. the thing that I, I was thinking about while you were talking before was that there are people that have cardiovascular endurance levels and muscular strength levels but sometimes they don't have the orthopedic strength or the joint strength or the mobility in order to do certain things. And I think that is something where you really have to take what we're saying into consideration because people can run. They have the endurance to run 10 miles at a seven-minute mile pace, and they can. Their heart can support that, but their knees can't support that. And there are people that they don't listen to their knees and when they're trying to actually figure this whole thing out, those are the types of things that we need to consider as, you know, uh, in our workouts right now is where are our limitations? Because we may have strengths in one avenue like cardio, but not so strong in something else. And finding that balance Goldilocks style is uh, <laughs> is literally uh, that's the challenge for all of us as trainers and as clients and as everyone. All right. Thanks, guys. Great discussion today. That was part one of a two-part episode regarding modulating intensity. 
since we spent the entire show today discussing the need for modulating intensity in your exercise program, next week we'll shift our focus to our diet. And if you're a subscriber or a regular listener of the podcast, you know that earlier this year, Adam adopted a ketogenic diet. Now, some would say that that would be an extreme decision. Or is it? How safe is it to make extreme changes in your diet? We'll discuss all of that and more next week. Hey, if you've not yet stepped inside an Informed Fitness location and you're lucky enough to be near one of our seven locations across the U.S., what are you waiting for? Become an official member of Inform Nation and give the power of 10 workout a try for yourself. Seriously, just 20 to 30 minutes of safe, modulated intensity with your one-on-one trainer and you are done for the entire week. Burn off the fat, build up the muscle, and join the movement. Visit InformFitness.com for all of the locations across the country. All of our podcast episodes are there and a ton of videos. And finally, check out the show notes for today's episode for a link to Amazon to pick up Adam's book, Power of 10, the once-a-week slow-motion fitness revolution. You can pick it up in the Kindle version for like less than 10 bucks. Well, I'm sure you noticed that we missed our buddy Sheila Melody today. She'll be back with us in just a couple of weeks. So for the rest of the team, Mike Rogers and Adam Zickerman, I'm Tim Edwards with the Inbound Podcasting Network.